Hey y'all, this is DJ Louie here dropping a preview of our most recent episode of our Patreon channel, Pop Pantheon All Access, where we are talking about Ariana Grande's 2020 album Positions. This was Ariana's most recent album, and in fact, her last album to date. And I thought it would be good because we haven't talked about Ariana since she was the subject of our inaugural episode of Pop Pantheon ever to use this episode as an opportunity both to discuss positions, which we didn't get to do much of on that episode, and to check in with Ariana's career. Where is she? She's one of the most popular pop stars of her generation. I know she's beloved by a lot of listeners to the show, and I thought it was a good time for us to check in on Ariana and also to look back on positions with three years of hindsight. So I invited Stephen J. Horowitz, who was our guest on that inaugural episode of the show, the first episode of Pop Pantheon ever, back on to check in on Ariana, to talk about positions, how we feel about it now, how we felt about it then, what works on this album, what doesn't, and what it pertains for the future of Ariana's career, both it and her absence, I guess, from the pop space. So here's a little preview of that episode. If you enjoy it and you want to hear the full thing, plus so much more bonus content, access to the Discord channel, access to the guest list at Gorgeous Gorgeous, et cetera, et cetera, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash poppantheon or click the link in the show notes of this episode. So here's that preview. The thing about Positions was I was excited despite the lead single feeling kind of bland to me because I was like, okay, I'm interested to see what Ariana approaching her music in this way is going to continue to yield. Yes, she like nailed it with Thank You Next and like that was a confluence of a lot of interesting events happening. Again, I don't think we can undersell the fact that when Thank You Next dropped, she was in the heat of an already successful album and there was this major life event that had catalyzed so much interest in like what she was going to say and do next. So it was more than just kind of like, oh, it's cool to see a pop star like approaching the rollout kind of loosely. It was also a very special and unique moment for her in particular where it was like all of these things were sort of coming together in this sort of whirlwind that created a lot of interest in that record and also obviously was an artistic engine for her that made her create some of her best music ever so I was like what is that going to manifest like in a situation where like not all eyes are on her because what I remember at that particular moment was that phase had cooled down and I remember kind of being like oh Ariana's back like it wasn't something we were expecting our our attention wasn't really on her at that moment in the same way what did you know about like the new relationship because that seems like a really important element of positions as well because she had just gotten into this new thing that is what drives the narrative of this entire record which is surprising because she's coming out of these really public relationships both of which ended in tragedy I think before sort of going into talking about this guy Dalton Gomez who's her right. husband now. Like, who is that? The, the king of <laughs> LA real estate, of course. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. I think it's important to contextualize how this record was sort of birthed out of her personal life compared to the previous two records, where, like, if you stop and think about it, Sweetener and Thank You Next were both born out of tragedy, and they right. really did drive the narrative for both of those records in different ways. So, like, Sweetener, for example, was driven by the Manchester bombing. She has that moment of silence at the end of the record that, you know, represents the, I think it's the number of seconds is for the number of people who perished. That's correct. So so it had this really real-life tragic element, and I think a lot of the criticism around Sweetener at the time was saying that it's a testament to her fortitude that it's such a bright album and it's so confident. It's
there really aren't a lot of super vulnerable moments on that record like there are on Thank You Next in some ways. And then that takes you into Thank You Next, which is released six months later. Mac Miller has died. Her relationship with Pete Davidson, her fiance at the time, has ended. And she's really in this mode of trying to reconfigure what it means to be a single woman. And she does it by... You know, not only putting her rationalization of what has happened to her on record, but she surrounds herself with all of her friends and really centers herself in a way that I think all of us are familiar with having been in serious relationships and gotten, gotten out of them. We turn to our friends as a support system right. and they really help lift us out of that. And mm. that's why there's a sort of joyous element to Thank You Next, even though there's songs like Ghost in where it's really talking about Mac Miller and these really sad, somber moments. I know that it breaks your heart. really uplifted by the people that she surrounds herself with. So I think going into positions, you now have this new beau that has entered her life in early 2020, right as we're entering lockdown, and she's really cuddled up with him. Imagine what it's like even not being Ariana Grande, the celebrity, where you start dating someone. I feel like we've all talked about this throughout the course of the pandemic, where it's like you start dating someone right before the pandemic. And then what happens? Do you just move in with that person right. because they're in your bubble or whatever? Yeah. I think for her, that's that's like literally what happened. Right. And she, I think she's even talked about this or it's just in the news. I was doing my little research and she like bought a house in the Hollywood Hills and he moved in and like, lo and behold, within the same year, engaged like it happened so quickly and they're so in love but coming off of thank you next and sweetener which again are born out of tragedy she sort of like grapples with this head versus heart scenario i think that really drives the album Mm. a lot of it is like she's horny as fuck she wants to fuck half the songs are about fucking (laughs) right (laughs) the album is called positions exactly switching up positions for you like Mm -hmm. you want to you are dtf girl but beyond that it is a lot about the hesitancy and the caution that we put ourselves in having come out of these tragic scenarios like there are some really downbeat moments on the record where she's really questioning whether or not she wants to let her heart take hold. She's mm. like, I don't know if I can picture myself loving the way that I once did. Can I do that again? She does it on songs like Safety Net. You're making me forget my past. Never thought I'd feel like that again. I peace with my path. Now you got me off track. And she does it on Off the Table. Will I ever love the same way again? those two very like languid tracks that are really about contemplation and really juxtapose like the horniness of the rest of the record so you really have those two things at play here something that seems to like define this post i don't know tragedy era of ariana which i guess is like sweetener through these other two albums sweetener thank you next positions is this sort of like as you mentioned resilience or desire to be healed 
that also kind of like allows there to be sort of like a pathos or sadness underneath it because there's underneath that feeling is the sort of sense that she aspires for that but doesn't necessarily have a, her arms totally around it at every moment so like you have in Sweetener, I think the formation of this ethos, which I think defines her artistry at this point, which is like the way that Ariana addresses tragedy is not by singing someone like you or something like that. It's by trying to reach or aspire for healing or to find light in the darkness or to have this kind of self-nurturing relationship to her pain and her trauma. And I think that that's kind of the animating force behind this record as well, which, as you said, in some ways is like a gleeful exploration of sex, but at the same time is, I think, emotionally powered by like a desire to feel trust and healed and in this new relationship. But you can really sense beneath the surface like an immense amount of kind of pain and anxiety, which I think, honestly, if I can say one really good thing about this album, adds layers to something that otherwise I think would have been pretty cringe because the thing that I struggle with a lot with this album, which I definitely struggled with when I first heard it and I think I continue to sort of struggle with, is Ariana as kind of like sexy forward to me has never really worked. Like I don't totally buy it. So like when she's talking about her pussy and shit like that, like... <laughs> quite often on this album Quite, too. quite often. often. I just want to make time for you. Swear it's just right for you. Like this pussy design for you. Ten out of five on you. Know I was sign on a line for you. Bet I look nice on you. Open my mind for you. She's no Megan the fucking stallion. You know what I mean? I'm not like, yeah, pussy, pussy, pussy. I'm like, <laughs> so I think what what allows that to even skate for me slightly is that I do sense, as I do in a lot of the greatest Ariana music, and I think, you know, emblematic in, the, in a song like Thank You Next, which is on the one hand, this sort of like beautiful and warm send off to past lovers, the ultimate reframe song, right? Like where she's like, like, you know, I could be pissed off and I could make a pop song like so many have made before me, like no scrubs or whatever. And instead, I'm going to make this song where I talk about like how much I appreciate and love what you've taught me or whatever. But beneath the surface of that, you can sense, you still sense the pain. You still sense like where that's emanating from. And I think that's kind of the animating force of this album and what allows some of the like awkward sex talk to skate for me. A hundred percent. I mean, I think it's important also to contextualize like how far, oh, like the, the trajectory of how she's sort of blossomed into this the sex forward maniac right, <laughs> I mean, right if you want to if you want to put it that way um right her first few records she, her first record came out in 2013 she did not curse and i know this is so this is such small potatoes but i think it's important in the context of ariana who has really publicly matured in front of her eyes with each record that she did not actually drop an expletive on a song until her third album and that was with every day with future where she just sings you giving me that good shit that made me not quit and it's like she's referencing sex up until that point really through metaphor it's like love me harder is a song about fucking <laughs> right like, it's all very thinly veiled and i love the way you love me that was just a pre 